Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to the Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Judy Hu is a psychotherapist with over 25 years' experience with the goal to not just help to cope in this dysfunctional world, but to thrive in it by actively unlearning toxic belief systems learned in childhood. She's committed to prioritising her work to serve those identifying as Black, Indigenous or people of colour. What I loved about speaking with Judy was the raw and open honesty around beliefs, race, and seeing the world through a whole different lens. Welcome, Judy, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you so much, Bendy. Now, uh, for people who haven't met you or heard of you, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yes, so my name is Judy Hu. I am a psychotherapist in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I work with individuals and couples in therapy, and now I've started working with groups to try to reach more people. And so in your therapy, is there a particular focus that you take um, when you when you help people, particularly one-on-one? It's such a good question. I have changed my private practice in so many different ways. Um, the most radical change was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I no longer help people cope with the stress. I actually require everyone who works with me to um, either watch a training that I have around this framework that I created um, to understand what their psychological boundaries are. Mm. And then we just go and look at the worldview and belief systems that that person has and then look at it in the context of the oppressive systems in which we live Mm. and then undo it. Mm. So they pretty much relearn who they are as like who they really were meant to be um, and learn to live more free in their lives. So were you seeing a shift since, you know, we're almost 
going back to a, a new normal um, <laughs> since COVID, you know, like we, we're having a bit mm-hmm. more freedom and um, probably less locked away than we were before. Uh, are you seeing a change in people that there's a whole new raft of stresses that there wasn't before? Um, I feel like, so it's interesting that you say that we're living more free. I actually think it's a little different right now. Like for instance, my daughter had a really hard time going back to school because the cases are on the rise again. Yeah. And she's in third grade and doesn't understand all the science and stuff that's in there, but her body is still telling her it's not safe. So I'm actually seeing lots of clients for Mm. anxiety because the pandemic has triggered kind of old wounds that people have had in childhood, whether it's been Mm. emotional neglect that they didn't realize they had or abuse or whatever, and kind of reliving those. And if there's not enough support, which I don't know about in Australia, but there's no clinicians who are taking people. (laughs) If we're not not careful, we can just re-traumatize ourselves. Mm. And so I've just tried to figure out ways to reach more people mm, yeah. with kind of ways to relook at everything. So yeah. I'm, I'm just using this as an opportunity because basically everything fell apart in my home. I don't mm. know about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, I, and it's, it's funny you say that because <clears throat> what I've noticed is um, social anxiety is really, really on the rise. Like mm-hmm. people don't want to go back to social situations and, you know, I saw a meme or something the other day. It must have been on TikTok or somewhere uh, and um, someone was, you know, saying, oh, you know, before the pandemic I used to go to the office five days a week and then go out after work and now I'm flat out doing two days a week and and still doing something social after it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, our whole um, approach to being social with with each other has changed as well, I I think, and I know it has Mm -hmm. for me, like I don't want to go out anymore um, like I used to. Yeah, same here. Mm. And um, in addition to that, so the other thing that I've I've changed in my practice is I really prioritize working with the BIPOC community. Mm. So for folks who can't see me, I'm Asian American. Um, and the racialized trauma that's been happening since the beginning of our mm. nation mm. Um, has just been on a rise and just much more out in the open. And it's always been in the open, but people have had the privilege not to really face it mm. up front. So... I've just really intentionally really prioritized BIPOC, so Black, Indigenous, people of colour, folks on the margins. And, you know, I know there was, um, you know, campaigns around Asian hate and all that kind of stuff during uh, the pandemic, you know, because of Mm -hmm. the potential origins of where the disease came from. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you experience any of that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my daughter who is in the fifth grade now, she was in the fourth grade when, when it's, uh, she was actually in the third grade when it started, but she had a comment from a classmate who said, oh, you're Chinese. So you have the, the China flu. And she was really confused about it. And so I also started, I mean, I started so many groups to try to support people. So one of them was Um, parents raising children of color Mm. and so just helped understand how to unpack that for our kids and and talk about it so yes Mm. I've always had Asian hate and 
<laughs> I, I don't get it. To have it. I don't understand it. It's so wrong. Um, and and you know the fact that the president at the time made it even worse was not great. But um, yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the work that you do with um, you know, particularly uh, a focus with BIPOC people, um, mm-hmm. there's a whole different um life that they have to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it. if I may use this as an example, mm. I, you know, it's my first podcast, I sent you an email, it's like, what do I do? You know, what can I prepare anything? And you're, you're so wonderful. And you're like, don't worry, you're in good hands, it's going to be safe. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. You know, as, as a woman of color, I actually felt some relief not having to go out. I mean, I've been really particular about the community that I'm in. It's very inclusive. I've been very active in the community to build spaces that I feel safe in. But for a lot of people, that's not really possible. Mm. You know, we've just learned to kind of guard ourselves in different ways and let things roll off our back or just tolerate. Um, so it was it was an interesting kind of experience for me, like, I don't know if what I'm going to say, you know, how it's going to be perceived coming out of my mouth, you know, how that might go. So um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And seriously, Judy, everybody needs to hear you and, and your voice um, <laughs> regardless. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's there's no boundaries so one here. Of the, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um, one of the reasons why I started the BIPOC group was because I've never been in a group like that. Mm. Mm. I have this white adjacent privilege because when I was in college, I learned that if I was around folks who were white, my word and my opinion had more weight. Mm. But if I was around my Asian friends, I didn't. Mm. And so I started unconsciously kind of just being around white spaces. And while all of this um, racialized trauma was happening and like Black Lives Matter was Mm. going on, um, the groups that I was in, like clinical groups, were no longer safe because I kept bringing up race and it made folks uncomfortable. Mm. And they were all white spaces. So the group the group now that I have just finished, I feel so sad. It's mm. an eight-week group. Um, it was just for BIPOC. So it was like the first time everyone in the group was in a space that felt safe and we could talk and we didn't talk about race the whole time. It was just a space that we all understood what it meant. Mm. And, you know, whilst I I said that, you know, there's a whole different life that you deal with, there's so much that is the Mm -hmm. same, so much, like regardless of our Mm -hmm. skin colour, where we came from, any of that kind of stuff, um, we all have the same struggles regardless. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mm. To a degree. Can you say more about Yeah, to a degree. Um, yes. Um, you know, whilst I have white privilege to a degree, um, I'm also mm-hmm. in the queer community. So I yeah. get I get judged there. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's everybody's got their own unique struggles, but you know, 
at a, at a at a root base level, there there is a similarity that you know we've all got a struggle that we're dealing with. It's just the level of it and the origin of yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, race is so complicated because it's actually a species issue. Mm. This mm. is I, I'm I have a teacher, Resma Menicum. He's an author and he's an amazing speaker. He he teaches on somatic abolitionism. And absolutely, if we were all treated as human beings, then yes, mm. right? But it's the basis of, of there is this pervasive thinking that different races are not human, mm. right? The mm. fact that it's okay to see dead bodies. And, you know, I, I don't mean to minimize what mm. you're saying. I totally believe that we're all human. Mm. There are people who do not believe that. Yeah. <laughs> not as good as, right? And that's what the framework that I teach is about humanity in the sense of like, how do we rewire ourselves in perception, unlearn, you know, white body supremacy, unlearn patriarchy, unlearn capitalism so that we can actually see each other for who we really are. Mm, mm. You know, one of the things that happened during the pandemic was my, my children were learning from home remotely and one of them was struggling so much. And I, I realized that she had ADHD. Mm. And in that search, I realized I had ADHD. Oh, wow. And so then I like was like, oh my gosh, that's why I have to stay up so late working mm. on stuff because I'm so distracted and I get lost in my thoughts. And what I realized in my research was ADHD is often perceived as a disorder. Mm. But it's not. It's just a difference. Just like my, right? My skin tone is a difference. My hair color is a difference. Like, you know, everyone is different, but because society was framed that this particular way you had to look and you had to present and you had to act and you had to speak was the right way, quote Mm. unquote, everyone else felt like they were wrong or not good enough. And so that's the programming that is so toxic. So what I've had to teach my child and myself is, oh no, you're not, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. Your brain just works differently. Mm. It's supposed to, Mm. if you're born this way, it's supposed to be this way. You know, and I think a lot of the mental health issues is when we forget that there's nothing wrong with us. We're just supposed to figure out how we need to have things in our world, how we need to you know, be in relationship with each other when they have a learning difference or they have a different request, you know, of how to take up space with you. I think that's, that's the key. Mm. Yeah. You've, you've reminded me of, of two things there, Judy. And, and one is that, you know, often uh, when we're talking about different mental health or brain um, issue, not even issues, um, but they, they mm-hmm. name them disorders, right? Um, yeah. I think there's, Again, new thinking that needs to be had around that in that um, it's almost a part of our evolution, you know, like it's some, you know, like it's not a disorder. Um, It's it's just understanding that every single person is unique and we're not all meant Mm -hmm. to be the same. Um, No, no, No. there's, (laughs) there's like biodiversity for a reason, right? So the same thing with the brain and I don't, I don't know if it's evolution. Yes, I think so because of like, you know, the technology, but like if we look creativity 
transgender, you know, all of these things have been here the entire time. It just mm. wasn't safe yeah. to express it, mm. right? Mm. Um, school systems in the States were created to produce factory workers because the children got, <laughs> you know, they were needing to learn how to produce something and not really be creative. Mm. So all those kids who couldn't sit still were like daydreaming about things that they weren't going to invent, got, you know, called out as, you know, they're not focused enough or people who are more introverted were called out that there's something wrong with them. And it's just not true. Mm. And it's, it comes back to understanding, as you were saying before, yeah. who we really are um, yes. and, and knowing how we function and, and to make the most of that. Um, but okay. there's also that underlying thing, I think, that probably I've been finding a lot in episodes of the show recently is that if we had a lot less judgment and a lot more love, um, it, the world would be a, a very different place. Absolutely. And a lot more equity. Mm. Like there's so much homelessness now. Mm. The disparity is so huge. Like, yep. so once we get like those emotional and physical needs met, absolutely. Love is yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. Of course. Yeah. The other part of the framework that I teach is nonviolent communication, Marshall um, Rosenberg's work. And it's just teaching people how to speak. So they're not constantly judging. Mm. Mm. You know, I personally blame reality TV for this. <laughs> like now, whatever I think I'm allowed to say, and that's actually completely wrong, you know, because if you're as important as me, then I have to protect you from me. Mm. Just like I have to protect myself from you because your beliefs are created from your childhood and your worldview. Mm. And my beliefs are created from my childhood and worldview. And I can't cross that boundary because you're sacred, just like I am. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's such a beautiful way to look at it. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You know, like we are, we are so unconscious of what comes out our mouth sometimes, um, and we are conditioned. Me too. <laughs> we are conditioned by the media um, that we consume, yes. um, and and you know that conditioning from family and and upbringing that we're mm-hmm. completely unconscious of. And words have mm-hmm. so much power. Absolutely. Yeah. So much power. Yeah. So I yeah. switching on the brain before we open the mouth is a really good start. Mm-hmm. Or just shutting the mouth. <laughs> or shutting it all together. While, you know? <laughs> the other part that I teach is how um, it's like inner child work. Mm. So it's way less complicated than inner family systems. Mm. And it's basically if everyone had the support that they needed in nurturing, they would be able to grow up and mature into functional adults. Mm. But because of all these oppressive systems, right? White body supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, there's not enough supports for our parents to support our children. Mm. So people get stuck in emotional stages. So for instance, when I first came on, my little one, right? The one that's dependent on someone's love or feeling good enough or fear of abandonment was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be here. You know? And my teenagers like, you cannot say anything wrong out of your mouth because they're <laughs> going to think you're stupid and all this other stuff. And my functional adult, cause I've had to do a lot of my own healing and learn and learning had to be like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I have your back. Mm. Right. And I'm going to reparent myself. So I can regulate my brain and my body 
and speak from my heart Mm. because I give myself validation and love, unconditional love. And I'm not looking to Bindi or your audience for that. Mm. Right. And so it's much more grounded and connected that way. Mm. Um, I love that you mentioned um, inner family system there because I've just been reading about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recently finished uh, Gabby Bernstein's book, um, Happy Days, and she's done mm-hmm. a lot of work on that as well. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just just the just the way that you can look at what you just described there um, and mm-hmm. actually reparent yourself and actually take care of yourself instead of having yeah. to have that external validation and support being there mm-hmm. for yourself like perhaps your parents weren't. Yes, mm. absolutely. Mm. Or our partners. Yes. Right? So what I teach my couples is everything that you're wanting to change in your partner has to do with your parents or your upbringing, <laughs> yes. right? And you're, yeah. good luck. This is not going to work, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I have them do their own inner child work so that they can regulate those really wounded parts. Because no matter if I'm asking for a need to be met from my wounded child, my partner will never be able to meet it Mm. because they're not my parent who wasn't able to give it to me from the beginning. Yeah. Right. But if I regulate myself and I calm that down and from my functional adult, I ask for my need or a want in a nonviolent way, Mm. it increases my chances that I'll get it. Yeah. That's that's so, so important. And, you know, I um, recently uh, was talking with a relationship coach and he was talking about, you know, when you go into a relationship, you 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 bring all your, your relatives with you. So, you know, oh my God, your, so true. Your, your parents, your grandparents and, and their parents, you know, your uncles, your aunts, everybody, they're, they're in that room with you. Um, and mm. until you can deal with all of that, um, it's hard to have a relationship with two people. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's so wise. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Whilst it sounds funny, um, it, it is true. <laughs> it is, yes. Coming from, I had a lot of sessions today, so it is absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if someone's um, interested in exploring um, this kind of, um, you know, framework um, that you've done, um, what, what, where can they start? I have a recorded webinar on my website. It's judywhocounseling.com. There's two versions. One is for parents. So they learn the framework so they can teach their children. The reason why I created that one was because it would be a two for one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You do your own work and then you prevent it happening to your children. So there's that version. Um, And then the other version is for BIPOC which is for everyone, but the, the examples, when I say everyone, I mean, you know, white folks, everybody, the examples though are centered around, um, BIPOC folks. So it's just enough just to kind of let you know that, but there are recordings that you can purchase. Um, if, if the cost is prohibitive, I can just waive the fee and just send folks a direct link. I also put up lots of, um, content on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Judy Who Counseling. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Amazing. And so mm-hmm. if people want to connect with you one-on-one to do one-on-one work, do you do that um, globally in an online setting? So if I do it as like intensive therapy work, I can do that because it's more coaching than it is therapy. Mm -hmm. So um, mental health counseling is very, I'm about to burn my license because it's just so hard. Yeah. Right. Like there's so many restrictions, which I totally get. It also makes it really hard to um, have a work-life balance. Yeah. So, um, so if I can do coaching, I can reach anybody. Mm. And so for my group coaching, it's anybody can join. It's all, everything's still telehealth and online. So I can do that. Um, but if you wanted to do kind of therapy, I've changed my practice to only do six months. Mm. So everyone's required to watch the, the webinar and, or attend the group because I want everyone to learn the framework first yep and then the intensive work is to really kind of go deep into your own history and figure out you know exactly what happened and and how you adapted in certain ways to survive you know and with respect see the the strengths with that and also kind of undo and loosen Mm. the things that are restricting you from having authentic connections and then the reason why I limit individual work to six months is because I don't want it to turn into codependence with the therapist. Yes. So our society is completely codependent, Mm. right? Like capitalism. I am only good enough if I have enough money or my house looks like this, or I'm successful at my job. Right. Religion is like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're going to go to hell if you're not right. Everything is codependent. Yep. And so it's intentionally framed that way. So people don't, put the codependence on me. And so it's with the understanding that they would inter- internalize the framework yep. and practice the steps that I teach them so that they can keep growing their yep. functional adult. That makes perfect sense. And so with the people that, you, that you've just worked with in, in your group that's just finished, what kind of results mm-hmm. are they seeing based on the work that they've done? So what's amazing is... Um, I was able to see 12 people in an hour and a half mm-hmm. and not for eight weeks. And it's just teaching the framework. So it's, we check in, we talk about, you know, the, the content from the week before, and then it's a teaching from my, my framework and then activities to integrate it. So no one knows anything about anybody. So it's not therapy. Yep. So, I mean, they can share bits and pieces, but we're just learning about the framework. And then I give them suggestions on how to practice between the weeks. Mm -hmm. And so because we're not so mired in our stories, we actually get to practice it more freely. Mm. And so a lot of people got a lot of, um, experienced a lot of change within the eight weeks. So much so that they're wanting to meet on their own monthly. Mm. And it worked so well that I'm I'm going to try to start doing groups more often. And so my like work-life balance this summer is I'm just going to be running groups. Mm. 
um, so I can get a little bit of rest between because it's been full on since the pandemic started. I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that's that's incredible that you can, you know, mm-hmm. reach that many people in one sitting in, in that amount of time and create such change mm-hmm. because imagine if we could amplify that for you. Oh, yeah, it would be <laughs> wonderful. I would be so happy. I, mm. You know, it's like there's so much pain that keeps happening mm. and so much trauma we can just curve it, Mm. curb it, change it, stop it. I don't know. (laughs) Just too much. Oh, wow. Um, So, um, I mean, yeah, you've mentioned um, where people can get in touch with you. Um, So your website, judywho.com. Judywhocounseling.com. Judywhocounseling.com. And it's J-U-D-Y-H-U. Gotcha. Um, we'll actually share that one in the in the show notes um, for people. Okay. Um, one of the things I love to ask guests on the show is, what does being ethical mean to you? Um, I think ethical is, it's this sense of conscious and clean, like yep. very centered and grounded. I'm a visual person, so ethical for me, like, and I use circles for the work that I do. It's like, it's like clean circles, you know? So like the boundary between me and you is clean. And I respect that before I would ask to enter your space or, you know, request things. So ethical for me is, is seeing each other as valuable mm-hmm. as I am and mm-hmm. being as careful with each other. I love that. I love that answer. And, you know, there is no wrong answer to that question, which I also mm-hmm. love. And Wow, I just love your approach and how you looked at that. Um, very, oh. very um, unique. I love it. Thank you. Now, um, I've got the last big question for you, Judy. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trying to get my teenager back. <laughs> Leave your teenager behind. You got I this. Know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I'd love for everyone to know that they're inherently worthy and born that way, no matter, you know, what mistakes or what successes, everyone's inherently worthy, which means everyone is as special and unique and precious as everyone else. And so that would then allow people to be kind to each other. Mm. I love that. And I've been getting a message I get these messages and I've been getting this message the last week that I'm seeing a lot of people who think they're more special than anybody else. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it drives me a little insane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really been surfacing for me in the last week. And I'm like, you're no special than anybody else. Don't care who you are. (laughs) I have this image if it's helpful. May I offer it? Yes. So how I explain it. So I, I, I've been going into schools to teach this curriculum to some elementary school age kids. So how I, I have these circles and they're of equal size. And I'm like, so this is what it looks like to be inherently worthy. So everyone's the same size, different colors, you know, and that's how you're special. And that's each of you. And your boundary is that circle. So in your boundary is, you know, your thoughts, your beliefs, your opinions, what you like, what you don't like. And the other person's boundary, their circle is who they are, their thoughts and beliefs, what they like and what they don't like, okay? And historically, there were some people who thought that their circles were bigger 
Mm. Because like, for instance, for white men, right? The history books, the positions with more power, more money, all of those things were so prominent that it provided them this idea that their circle was bigger than someone else's. And so as we're doing this social justice work, we're making their circles the right size, which is all the same size as everyone else. And that's going to feel really lousy to them, which makes total sense, mm. right? Because the size was a privilege, but it's not a right, mm. right? So they're going to be angry and they're going to fight and that's okay. Because to be healthy, we all have to be the same circle. Mm. And then I add, so some people were taught that their circles were smaller and kids love this. I say, right, kids? Like parents are always like, just do what I tell you to do. You yeah. don't know what to do. And they're like, yeah, that's not fair. And I'm like, absolutely right. Because kids are so wise and they have so many gifts and so much to teach us grownups. And so as we grow your circle to the right size, you might feel really uncomfortable. You might feel really aggressive when you say no. You might feel like you're being selfish if you say you want to do this instead of that. You might feel really uncomfortable and that's okay because you're taking up the space you actually should. Mm. I don't, does that help the, the that, image of like, that, they're more special? It's, yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. That, yeah, that landed so yeah, hard for me right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like you uh, were a witness to my week right there. <laughs> God, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) Because when was it? Thursday. I actually said to someone, they they like were straight at me as soon as I walked in the door and they wanted a million things and I just, I turned around and I actually said no. And I did it quite abruptly, which is not normal for me. And I was just like, no, I need space and I'm asking for space right now. And they kind Mm -hmm. of like looked at me and I was like, and I apologised later because I thought maybe I went too far and I thought, no, nah, you were right to do what you did. And so, yeah, so what you just said there has really landed for me in that, yeah, take your space and own it. Right, mm. right. Yeah. While assuming good intention, like, oh, maybe they were in an emergency. Yeah. So something my kids will say now. I'm sorry, I have all these stories. <laughs> Not all of it. So Boston is famous for um, their driving. It's, we, we call each other massholes. <laughs> <laughs> And so you can, you can understand that we don't drive, like, it's just like very aggressive driving. And so I'm originally, was born and raised in Colorado. So it's been this adjustment. And Mm. so instead of like getting upset, if someone cuts me off or starts honking, I'm like, oh my gosh, they must really have to go to the bathroom because I had kids in the car. I couldn't curse anymore. Right. (laughs) And so now that they're old enough, they're like, oh my gosh, maybe they're having a baby, you know? So we just like start to imagine all the different reasons that they're acting like a jerk in the I love that. Car, I so, love that. It yeah. stops you getting so enraged as well, doesn't it? Like It's so much easier you than can have getting fun. mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed I've started to do um, that as well because I used to get a bit of road rage back in the day and now I'm just like, yeah. what's going on for you today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. 
everyone's struggling. Mm. I don't, I don't care what people are saying. It's hard out there. Mm. That's it. You know, everyone should just cut each other a break. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I've been saying quite a lot lately is just, let's be a bit gentle with each other. We're all, we're all going through something, you know, and and we don't Mm -hmm. know what the other person's story is. So let's just be a bit gentle. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Mm. Oh, Judy, I could talk to you all day, seriously. Um, oh, me too. The stories we could tell each other. Um, <laughs> I have loved every single moment with you on The Ethical Evolution. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you so much, Mindy. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.